David. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mike Polinoff, and if you see my screen, that would be me. And my website is mptrader.com. And I have been, let's see, this is, uh, we started in 20, uh, 2003. So this would be my 20th year uh, on this website. And I am the uh, chief, I guess, technician, analyst, bottle washer, everything, all of the above. And just to give you a thumbnail sketch of uh, what the room looks like, uh, it's a diary. And there are lots of updates. If I go back to the first update I did this morning, it seems like uh, all these, um, uh, today's the 19th. Okay, good morning. All right, so this would be my first update this morning. And I introduce the day. And today I was talking about uh, Tesla and Netflix, their earnings and their reaction to earnings. And then I went into the uh, stock indexes. NVIDIA, and I put up my work, and then there are responses and uh, dialogue, ideas, trading ideas, what I try to do. My expertise is uh, pattern recognition and technical analysis, and my subscribers or the members of the of MP Trader are also uh, technically oriented, but many have a fundamental background, and they want to know or they want to get an idea of what the technicals are saying, either to overlay on their fundamental work or uh, to provide a basis for understanding the, the charts. Uh, for instance, here's, I did crude oil this afternoon. I've been doing it a lot lately, as you might imagine. And so here's my crude oil chart with my annotations. They tend to be very detailed charts and um, we can discuss them in the room. Uh, we can discuss why I have my support and resistance levels where they do, what the pattern, what my pattern recognition tells me. And uh, I usually describe what I think is going on in general, and there can be discussion and so forth and so on. And this happens all day long. Today happened to be a crazy day, as everyone uh, probably realizes. And uh, so, uh, you know, if uh, you're interested in the technicals and you're interested in interacting and and exchanging ideas and charts and philosophies, well, uh, maybe you should uh, log on to mptrader.com and uh, see what we're doing. Okay, so that's my introduction. Uh, but you're here to uh, ask about names that you're interested in. Let me just give you a thumbnail of what I'm interested in. Okay, so uh, let's see. Hang on. Uh, okay, so do you see this chart? No, new share. That would be better if I did it this way. Okay, there we go. All right, so what you should be seeing is my very long-term 2004 to present crude oil chart. And so you know, I've been doing this for like four decades. And I've seen bull markets, bear markets, everything in between. I've been on the right side, the wrong side, every other side of markets. I've been whipped around psychologically, but the whole, the whole, my whole career is a learning curve. And uh, the minute anyone gets too cocky in this business, well, the market has a way of slamming in the face with humble pie. And if you haven't experienced that yet, consider yourself lucky. But uh, the, when you least expect it, humble pie is coming your way. Uh, 
that much I can guarantee, and there's not much you can guarantee about these markets, but humble pie is is one of them. Uh, in any event, so you can tell by my annotations that you know after July 2008, when we had that crazy up move in, in crude oil to uh, $145. Uh, we went into a bear market, and that bear market lasted all the way until 2021. The question is what we're in now, and uh, this seems to be the flip side, uh, both uh, fundamentally, technically, and from a supply-demand perspective, this seems to be the opposite. Uh, and I guess I should have put uh, deficit supplies, resurgent inflation, Ukraine, Ukraine, and now Israeli wars, and also the Green Revolution, which is trying to eliminate fossil fuels. And that's certainly a driver of this, uh, let's say, sign curve. Um, so anyway, th this is a this is a a very long term picture, and it gives me a basis for either bias, in which case I have to keep reaffirming the bias, and I do that um, using shorter term charts. So, for instance, if we stay with crude oil, uh, by the way, I'm using TradeStation, and I've used it for years, and TradeStation uh, gives me the flexibility to quickly uh, update my charts for um, <laughs> no Carnival Cruise well Carnival Cruise Lines <laughs> uh, people are running out of money to take cruises and uh, the cruise line itself is paying up for oil so um, so that's why <laughs> Carnival Cruise looks that way uh, hang on let me let me try to get my um, my crude oil chart I know I have a uh, shorter term crude oil chart well um, okay. In that case, let me go to the videotape and uh, go to my energy chart package. And all right, let's wait for this to, to load. In any case, so what I tend to do, I go from a very long-term picture like I just showed you in, in uh, 20 years of crude oil and then work my way backwards or concentrically towards the center, which would be shorter term work. And uh, I overlay and look at each one of those time frames. So I think I know where I'm at in each one of the time frames and how the time frames fit in with my expectational bias for a market. So my expectational bias for crude at the moment, as an example of how my sort of my analytical brain works, is that here we have a war premium built in or building in. And today I think it was an example of that war premium starting to ratchet up to another level. Uh, and, and so I don't know how high crude can go, but my 20-year chart tells me that it can go well above 100, like to 130. Now, maybe there are ameliorate ameliorating reasons why it won't do that um, but right now after this uh, after this loads we can take a look at the shorter term work and today reinforced the longer term picture uh, and as you can tell there are lots of charts in here and a lot of them are uh, some are natural gas some are stock charts and which we can get into um, but for you know for the outset of the uh, webinar if uh okay here we go i think we're almost there okay here we go so here is my uh four hour 
candle or each bar, each candle is four hours. And this is when we peaked at the end of September at 93.81. This is the December crude oil front month contract. We came flying back, flying down 14, 15% in a hurry. But uh, these spike lows that we had in here, each pullback went to a higher low. And now it looks like we're in a new up leg. And here we are trading at 89 and a half. Looks like we're going to 91 to 93 to me, but that's just based on the short-term move and the way momentum is is uh, set up. It looks like everything is in gear to move higher. The $64,000 question for me is how much war premium is there to go? And the chess pieces on this war premium board are could go anywhere, right? I mean, it could be an embargo. There could be a, you know, there could be a wider war. There could be Iranian uh, participation, there, uh, which certainly would ratchet up crude oil, and you know, on and on and on. Now, all I know is is that it looks like it's going up to me. The the pattern is higher. The near, intermediate, longer term patterns sort of. Uh, concentrically support one another and i and right now i know that if it breaks 85 dollars, all of a sudden we wake we wake up one morning and it goes from 90 to 85 we're going to find out that uh well uh it wouldn't be the petroleum strategic petroleum reserve that gets it to go down to five dollars uh probably it's a ceasefire or something along those lines that would be my perception anyway um so that's a kind of a thumbnail sketch. And while I'm on the uh, the crude oil chart, uh, do we have any questions in the energy sector while I'm in here so I can uh, take a look at it? Let's see. Uh, David, are you there? Oh, here we go. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I didn't. Uh, uh, you were looking for the chat? Yeah, I was. I just opened it. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Great. So we have Savadell. Uh, we've been every Monday for 15 weeks. All right. So I did Roberto. I discussed oil, SLB. So while I'm in this sector, why don't I? Why don't I do SLB? Is this over? And let's see if I have a slob chart. Uh, slob. I haven't updated slob in a while. But um, uh, first, what I'll do is show you my my producer my producer chart xop which will uh, okay so so you can tell by the how busy this chart is the xop is the oil and gas etf right exploration etf and uh, i haven't updated in a little while because i've been updating individual charts and watching the price of crude and my latest horses have been coterra oxy uh devon on a bottom on, on a uh, the end of its correction, which we can take a look at if you want. But in general, uh, the reason why I'm showing you this chart is because it is uh, it is fascinating to me. You had a giant base here between 2019 and uh, and the end of 2021. Uh, you can make a case inverted inverted head and shoulders cup and saucer or uh, sorry cup and handle, uh, and then the breakout in 2022. Three and 
sideways, bumping along the breakout level, classic technical analysis. You don't need Elliott for this. You don't need uh, cycles for this. This is classic stuff. Base, breakout, handle, pullback, whatever you want to call it, launching into a new up leg in here, here. Now, I came up with this target off of this projection off of the bottom, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. I don't know if it's going to get there, but it sure acts and we sure have the environment to send XOP and XOP is involves a lot of these stocks, right? The, you know, the uh, slob uh, is not one of them because it's, uh, it's not a, an exploration stock. Uh, it's more an oil field um, uh, equipment stock. But anyway, um, so if this, this rounded handle kind of pattern is true to form, we're about to break out. And if there's war premium going on here and the market takes in the crude oil market opens up three, five dollars higher, who knows, uh, then XOP is going to rock it. And the components in the XOP, which you can see or you can look up, uh, some of these might have changed, but um, they'll go, they'll, they're the ones driving it. And so, so this is a, an example of a longer term picture of an ETF uh, that looks very powerful. So now if I go over and look at the XLE, which probably is the more common one. Okay, now XLE looks a little different than XOP. Nonetheless, the dominant trend line going all the way back to, well, October 2020, that's three years ago, is intact. Every pullback low has basically um, been higher than its predecessor. And now XLE looks like it's breaking out. And if I, if I were to extrapolate this, then XL, XLE looks like all of this, and in particular, everything for the last year, rather than the last year and a half, looks like a rounded, and, uh, a rounded uh, base can't be a base up here. It's a rounded shoulder, a rounded uh, bull flag kind of appendage on this big up leg. It looks like you could go a lot higher in XLE, especially if it takes out this 94.95 area. It looks like it's going, well, uh, let me tell you where I think it's going. So I am a fan of channel analysis, and it's one of the tools I use. And there are various channels you can use here. So uh, the first one would be 97.98, and then second set of channel, the second channel, and the more likely one in a war theater crude oil kind of setup would be up here near 110, 112. And of course, if it takes out this dominant trend line, which right now would be also be the 200-day moving average, and the 100-day they've just crossed, uh, positively crossed, then 83, 80, $84, $85 would be a place where if it broke, uh, that would be a major warning signal that XLE uh, had is exhausted. Okay, so I'm not going to be able to change pages for another 30 seconds or so because <laughs> this is my backup time. So um, the, it's going to back up all these charts, and and then I'll be able to change the page, and I'll and I'll create an an SLB chart for you and take a look at it, and then we'll do some other things like Dell. And, uh, and some of the other uh, questions in the chat. 
Let's see what else is in the chat. XOM, okay. We'll do XOM too while I'm in here after after this uh, finishes. So let's see. Today was kind of a funky day, and when I when I looked down the list of of names, right? Crude oil was up two and a half percent. Exxon was positive, but there's a lot of red ink in here, probably because. Uh, okay, so I'm, it's done. All right. Ah, let's see. XOM. Well, let's do the XOL, XOM weekly just for, okay, wow, look at this. All right, this goes back to, let me widen it out. This goes back to uh, 2002, and when I widened it out, uh, let's, let, I'll condense it again so you get the full full picture. All right, this, is, this has turned out to be a super bullish chart. The reason why I say that, at one point, as you can tell, when we were breaking down, Exxon had a pretty big top on it. In fact, Exxon spent uh, between June of uh, 06 and uh, March March or so of 2020, which is 14 years, in a, in a range, and it broke down. Broke down into uh, where I, well, look at that. It broke down into where I had extrapolated based on the measurements from this top, where it could go initially. And so it went into that breakdown area around $30. I had looked for $27.80 to $26.20. And that turned out to be back up to truck time. When it was down there, it probably looked frightening. Uh, but as it made a double bottom in here in uh, over, remember this is a weekly chart, as it made a double bottom in here around 30, and then it started to take out some of this resistance at above 35.40, then you knew that at least, at least it was going to test the breakdown point, which is in here. And once it started to consolidate in the breakdown point at 60.62, it took off. Now, it's come a really long way since this low back in the pandemic, at the pandemic low. Uh, so it went from 30 to recent highs of 120. Now, for my purposes, as long as it stays above 97, 98 dollars, all of this from let's say 100 to 120 is a high level digestion period and pattern that we could look at as a bull flag, kind of. It's a, it's a digestion pattern of two years worth of bullish price action. As long as it stays intact above $98, my expectation, especially under the circumstances, would be a, a a test of 100, I'm 120, and uh, and when it gets above 120, I think it goes to 140. Now, that would be the target. So, uh, and of course, anybody in this, anybody in Exxon would want to put their trend line in here to see how tight that is, and you know where your risk is below this pullback that occurred last week. And uh, that would be like 104, 105. So Exxon's trading at 113. You have a 104, 105, you know, risk factor in a normal pullback. You know, if, uh, you know, peace breaks out all over the world, then who knows? You could gap down, you know, to uh, $92. But in theory, your stop is at 105 and your upside target is 140 uh, at the moment. Okay, let's, let's go back to the chat. Okay, so I'm, oh, slob. Yeah, let's do slob, sorry. Slob. Uh, let me see, where's my slob chart? 240 minute slob chart. The reason why I use 240 minutes 
uh, is because I get to see all the squiggles, right? And I like seeing the squiggles because um, let's just say this, that um, uh, after 40 years of doing this, it's pretty hard to imagine that I've been doing this for 40 years, but after 40 years of doing this and looking at charts, uh, I can't even tell you how many charts I've looked at. So I've seen patterns on top of patterns on top of patterns. So I, I consider myself a pattern expert. That is to say that the psychological uh, uh, mean, meaning, the psychological um, implications from these patterns, for the most part, I've seen. And in that human psychology hasn't changed. Uh, I think, if anything, you know, we've gotten more intolerant and stupid in our uh, in our progressive age, as it were. Um, uh, the the pattern uh, the the resolution of these patterns, uh, there aren't all that many resolutions. What the market will do is squiggle and wiggle to confuse us. It will do whatever it can to get the fewest people on board, or that is to get the most people out of a market before it does exactly what all the people think it's supposed to do in the first place. But it will, like the crude oil market, went down 15% before it took off again. Most people probably got stopped out. Most people figured that, you know, that was it. Crude oil's cooked and it's done. And that we're going into a recession and gasoline prices are going to go back to uh, 250 and crude oil is going back to $65. And that's the end of that. And so that 15% move in crude oil killed people. That was in here in slob. So anyway, uh, enough about market psychology, but that's what these charts are all about, market psychology. So so if I use my my uh, channel work, then near term, the near term target or parameters for slob, uh, it's obvious uh, there's a gap down here that needs to be filled if and when slob rolls over a bit, which is 56 with, a, you know, the stop is at 5480 or so. But it, this up leg, this looks like a very bullish pattern to me off of the off of the June 23 low down here at $42 into the high uh, at 62.63. Pull back. Here's where the war breaks out. And um, that's what we're in the war up leg now. To the extent slob participates in the war premium theater uh, um, group of stocks that will benefit from from rising crude oil prices, here's where it's going. Here's where my work says is where it could go, 67 to 70, say. And if it takes out the upper channel, usually when it takes out the upper channel, um, it may look great up here or up here, but chances are it's, it's about to trap you. Now, occasionally that's not a trap. Occasionally there's a reason. Like, for instance, if earnings come out up here uh, or when – uh, let's say for argument's sake, slob at $66 and earnings come out. Uh, I would say that it better knock the cover off the ball and far exceed expectations and have visibility that's even stronger than earnings to get it to, to take off when, all, when it's already met this upper channel boundary zone. And that's what it would take. And even then, you have to be careful that uh, I certainly wouldn't be buying it into bullish news 
at the top of a channel because more and more often than not, it's a trap. But, and if I was already long, I'd be cognizant of a move above the channel and then a close back below it because that's possible too when you're up against major shorter term and longer term channels, the upper boundaries of those channels. So anyway, that's a slob. It looks pretty good. And uh, of course we can... You know, you can step back, get a little perspective and say, well, look at this, you know. So all of this behavior, all of this from here all the way to here, that's uh, November of 22, a year ago, to where we are, to where it started to, to try to take out the, the, the prior highs. Uh, that was in August, September. And here we are, you can look at this as a as a digestion period of what came before it, this up leg right here. And you use this and say, okay, well, this is what I see. It could be that you're still in this digestion period, although I think this started a new up leg. We just haven't broken out yet. It may be that slob is going a lot higher, but this is where I think it's going first. And then we have to check all our gauges and, and, uh, and, uh, oscillators to see what whether there's gas so to speak in the tank if it's up here so anyway that's uh, kind of my thumbnail of of uh, of slob slob reports tomorrow okay well thanks <laughs> uh well this is the story i think the slob parameters are uh, 56 if it disappoints or otherwise it sells off and if it's great then takes out 63 you know, 6250, 63, I think you're going to 6870. All right. We'll do NVIDIA in a second. Uh, PXD, let me start at the beginning here. What did I miss? Sava. Sava is a uh, biotech Dell. Okay. So let me go over to my other, my webinar charts. And let me, uh, let's put that over there. This, this is the spot, my spy chart, my uh, hourly spy chart. And so it had a head and shoulders on it. We, we can go over that. And, uh, you know, head and shoulders are notoriously unreliable, except when they're not, okay, except when they actually work. And so you go into one and you think, yeah, well, this is, this is going to be a trap because head and shoulders are easily, whoops, the most widely recognized uh, pattern on the planet. And therefore, if they're so recognized, it sort of diffuses their impact. Well, this one happened to work. Uh, let me, um, let me, or let's say it's, it's working. You had a classic retest of the neckline and now you gotten slammed. And uh, if, if we retest the October lows, they better hold because otherwise uh, the full downside potential derived from the top, from the top is going to be realized. And that would be around closer to four, 400, 405 in, in SPY. Okay. Um, let me see. I can't D-line DX. All right. I'm just going to take one of these. I'll take, I'll take GDX and I'll copy it. I'll paste it and I will put Sava in there. Let's see. All right. Well, I must say that uh, Sava has some challenges. Uh, it's been in a bear phase forever. This is kind of a head and shoulders, uh, left, center, right. The reason why I happen to notice these head and shoulders is because they pop out like, you know, it's 
<laughs> they, they just do. And most of the time they don't work. But this one broke the neckline, which is around 34, went to uh, 15. And of course, you can't do a measurement from 140 to 40 of $100. A 40 minus 100 is negative 60. So obviously, uh, unless Sava's going out of business, which is unlikely, then there's some modification you need to use that implies that there's there's a low coming, but where is the low and where is it more li most likely to go? And so if I enlarge this, these are my moving averages, right? And the moving averages are, I use uh, 10, 17, and 50. Uh, 10 and 17 as my trading moving averages, 50 as kind of my intermediate moving average, and then the 200 as my... Uh, longer term, as it were, moving average. So Sava is trading below all of them. And this is maximum resistance near term right here, which is 16 and a half. And unless and until it gets through that and closes above 16 and a half, it is vulnerable to failing and rolling over again. And I keep thinking when I look at this, that it's going to somewhere between 10 and 850 to end this entire bear phase that it's been in since uh you know like july of 2021 uh unless uh sava uh, like i'm not familiar with sava but unless there's some some results from trials padufa dates that are surprises that rip this thing minimum above the 50 day which at this point is at 18 and 18 18 uh the bears are still in control of this one but maybe there's good data coming out and and that and that is what uh whoops and that is I don't do that um and then that is what sava looks to me so you know if you're a believer uh i think you have you'll have a chance to buy more i think around 10 if not slightly lower and then you need to get above 16 50 and 18 uh 18 and change and then i think you're you're in much better condition now one more thing about a chart that looks like this that's been in a bear phase for so long. Uh, generally speaking, a bear phase that's been like this for for a prolonged period of time needs time to base, like back here. Like this took, you know, from December of 19 to uh, January of of, of uh, 21 to to base and then to take off. Now, you know, unless there's news that rips this to the upside, some some drug trial that's really positive, some phase three or phase two, uh, chances are if there's no bullish catalyst, then this type of chart is going to have to go sideways for a while. You know, it could be a year of trading between, I don't know, 20, or if it goes down to 10, it could be between 10 and 14 for quite a while before it takes off. So that would be my warning about a chart like that. Uh, Dell. Uh, Dell. Is just a pretty amazing chart, pretty amazing company. It's uh, Michael Dell has found a way, and he's had two two careers, and he's found a way. Uh, but this is a uh, this is a beautiful chart. This is the opposite of like a Sava, where the price structure ripped through all the moving averages, took off. It's a beautiful thing, uh, you know, based on just the pattern itself. This looks like a bull flag. Uh, you know, you have a gap here. It gapped up, uh, I guess this must have been earnings on uh, September 1st. Um, so uh, that gap 
will be filled at some point. The question is, is Dell going to 80 before the before it rolls over, goes into a bear phase and fills that gap under 63 or yeah, under 63 and a half. I don't know the answer to that, but I know one thing is I would be okay. Like, like this is a daily chart, right? Uh, chances are the four, my four hour chart looks even better, but it's uh, worked off a lot of its overbought condition already. So as long as Dell stays above 64, uh, 63 and a half, this looks like a bull flag type of digestion period, a top, a pole, as it were, that should be a continuation pattern or should represent a continuation pattern that does this. And that somewhere around 80, 77 to 80, that should end this entire bull leg. And then uh, Dell will come in and probably go into a, uh, a prolonged um, uh, uh, corrective phase that will take it back to the, the top of these peaks which would be about 60. So go from 80 to 60 and then consolidate and we'll see what the world looks like at that point. Um, so while we're at it, let's see. Um, let me just see if I can grab a, uh, come, on, come on, come on. All right, grab, okay, IWM. Uh, this is a four hour chart, right? IWM and IWM, you know, for all its underperformance compared to the uh, S&P 500, it looked like earlier in the week it was going to try to take out its big resistance, right? 175 to 177. It tried gallantly Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Wednesday it rolled over. Thursday, today was a disaster. And it closed at a new uh, five-month low, almost six-month low today. Now, you know, interest rates are a problem for the small cap sector, and so is the banking sector, because there's a lot of financials in this index or in this ETF. And so it has a double whammy. Whammy. It has the pressure from rates. It has the divergence from small, from the big caps, mega caps especially. And it has uh, interest rate or banking. It has the banking sector weighing on it too. Uh, but if I take it, and I paste it here again. And then I, uh, just for argument's sake, put Dell in here, let it fill in. And then we can see, depending on, you know, <laughs> depending how long it takes to fill in. In the meantime, while it fills in, oh, there we go. Okay. So here's Dell on a, uh, this each, each candle. These are candles. They look like bars because I squish them together so I can get as much information in a in a in a leg in a pattern that I can because then I can digest it more fully. So yeah, this is just a beautiful pattern, and it reinforces what we said about the daily chart that this looks like a high level consolidation digestion period, and that as long as this gap area. Gap area actually on the on the uh, four hour looks like it it actually extends down to sixty one thirty, which is good that we looked at it. So if that's the case, the gap starts at sixty one. This is this is what the consolidation looks like, right? And so as long as this this area right here sixty five twenty sixty four it remains intact, uh, th this won't will look like 
a flag pennant, whatever, and it, and the and the expectation is for upside continuation. If it starts to break through here, then it then it'll test the bottom of the gap, I think, or I should say the top of the gap, and at sixty one, and then we'll see where we're at. There's a trend line here that will come into play right at the top of the gap, 61. So either it holds in here, 64, 65, or it goes to 61 area where that would be the next place it would turn up into a new up leg. Okay. Um, I, I'd like to show you a couple of things before I have to wind down. And uh, uh, just to give you an idea of where we're at or where I'm at, if I'm somewhere, uh, where's my monthly chart? Well, I'll use my daily for now. Okay, so so here's my daily chart of 10-year yield, okay? Now, 10-year yield hit just about 5% today. We all know that. And the way I look at this, if I squish it so you can see where it all came from, back here in the pandemic, we hit 0.4 tenths of a percent in yield. And now we're at 5%. The way I look at this is that from March of 2020 to uh, October of 2021, that's we completed the first upleg of a new bull bull phase in yield. That is a bear market in bonds. Now bonds were in a bull market. Yield was in a bear market from the time I started in this business around 1980 until <laughs> 2020. My entire career up until that point, bonds were in a bear market. Um, uh, sorry, bonds were in a bull market and yield was in a bear market. I think that entire uh, paradigm has changed. I think we're in a uh, secular bull market in yield. That means I don't I don't think that people who are um, 25 years old like I was when the secular uh, yield bear market started are going to wait 40 years. But I think that there are going to be reasons why this bull market continues to perpetuate, perpetuate itself. I don't know if it's going to be inflation. I don't know if it's going to be a premium that anybody who holds U.S. paper is going to want premium to hold it because anybody, any country with 30, $35 trillion of debt and adding to that debt $600 billion a month isn't getting my money unless I get it. A nice, juicy premium to hold on to it. And it may just be that that's the psychology, that inflation is just kind of so stubborn, doesn't get to 4%. Oil ratchets up to some level. We have international tensions. Who knows? But so if the first leg of this thing started at four tenths and ended at 4% and change, we pulled back into uh, April of, of 23 at three and a quarter. And here we are at five. And my sense is that this leg is going to end somewhere around five and a quarter to 530. And we're in a parabolic kind of move now. So uh, I thought that there was a chance that Powell today would have said something that would have given the bond market reason to pause. That is yield reason to, to stop going up bonds stop going down. And for a few minutes there, it did look like it, but it didn't last because he just kept saying things. And in general, he basically said that interest rates, he doesn't expect them. Uh, he expects them to continue 
to need to go higher and he's willing and able to accommodate. And, you know, that's not what the market wanted to hear. So anyway, I wanted to show you that chart. Uh, if this is a chart, it's yield. You can't trade yield. You have to trade the bond side or the TLTs, which I, which I, you know, I follow closely as well. But this chart, if you're going to break down, there's a gap here at four at 470 or so, and the, the last pivot low is 453. So to 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 affect a uh, a uh, downside reversal with with teeth. Uh, Ten-year yield has to go back down through 450, and we're 50 basis points above it at the moment. Okay, another thing I wanted to show you where I go is my AD line. All right, so AD line is a chart. All these squiggles mean something, and the, they have patterns. Just so happens that in November of 21, the AD line, the NYSE AD line peaked. The bull market in breath peaked. First down leg into October of last year, which happened to coincide with the peak. Now remember, the the S and P, you know, or NYSE, what? But let's use the S and P. It peaked in January of 22. The AD line peaked in November of 21, and that's classic. So when the S and P peaked, the AD line made a lower high. Then I knew this was in trouble. I didn't know how much trouble, but I knew it was in some trouble. So October of 22, all the indices bottom start a correction. And in July of this year, all the indices and the AD line had a chance to break out. To, now, this could have been a base. It could have broken out, but it didn't. It failed. And this is then it broke the trend line. And this looks like a wedge. So you have down, a wedge, bearish digestion, breakdown. Today, it made a new low for this move from July. So the AD line is telling us that the broad market participation is not, is not expanding, it's contracting. And that there are basically fewer and fewer stocks that are participating rather than more stocks there were a few days last week where it looked like participation was picking up, but it doesn't look like it anymore. And it looks like even the, uh, you know, the big kahunas like Tesla and NVIDIA, which I'm going to use, I'm going to do now, uh, are now a drag and they're, they're not holding up their end of the bargain. And the IWM, the small caps look like they were chipping in and now they've fallen apart. So, uh, okay, Tesla, right, do NVIDIA. Um, there it is. Okay. Okay. NVIDIA is fascinating to me. All right. So this, this is a four hour chart goes back to the big turn at $108 exactly a month, exactly a year ago, October 13th, 22. That up move was actually part of a larger base and it broke out at 200 or so, 190, 200, and just kept on going. And in here, this was the Blowout earnings from May 24th of this year, just a few months ago, where, where basically NVIDIA rewrote the the uh, expectations for chips and AI and everything else. That was that was an extraordinary report that recalibrated what it meant to be bullish in the sector, and they blew away everyone after this you know, AMD and you know everyone else. Okay, so it spiked up. In its August earnings, it took off in the May earnings, it spiked up in the August earnings, 
to an intraday high at 520. Now, here's the major trend line. It comes down to the major trend line at around 410 on uh, September 21st. And this rally was was the rally that would tell us whether or not this was the first leg of a more complex correction or a completed correction followed by a new up leg. And it looked like to me that around in here, 480 or so, that was my target, 480, 482. It got to uh, I don't know, 476 or something, and then it started to weaken. Not only did it weaken, it broke the uh, major trend line from last December. And now it's bearing down on all of these lows after it's May uh, 2023 earnings report. So all of, this, all of these lows create support from 396 or so to around 410. So this is one critical period because you can, or we can look at all of this as a multi-month distribution top in, in, uh, in NVIDIA. In which case, all this, all this supply is going to come out or could come out on a break. All these people are long above here, all excited. Wall Street got them all hot and lathered about how great this, this company was and it can only go up. Well, they're all, if there are a lot of them are in there above, let's call it 400. Once it breaks 400, this gap that was left behind on May 24th is. That is one big gap from 305.40 to 366 and change. And that gap's going to get filled one day. I don't know if it's going to be next week, but right now, unless NVIDIA crawls its way back above 435.80, which is what I discussed on MP Trader this morning, unless it gets above 435.80, uh, it's vulnerable to taking out these lows, in which case I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the low 300s in NVIDIA and everybody who is really excited about it at 400 or higher is going to have a chance to buy it closer to 300, which is fine. But I'm just saying that, that you know, there's, there's some damage that uh, could be coming for NVIDIA. Uh, so I have two minutes left and uh, I am told that uh, I should wrap it up in general before my five, before the, uh, the, uh, the uh, high, high side of the hour arrives. So David, uh, I will, I will uh, turn it back to you at this point. 